Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, a conversation about literature and art, about duende and queerness and coping and tea, border blur and misfits and community, secret places, ragged edges. Angel House Press. I'm your host, Amanda Earle. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks. This is episode 83. I'm here with Christine Snodgrass, who's the managing editor of the Wave Global Gallery, which is a new visual poetry anthology of women, ascemic artists, and visual poets from 2021. It just came out recently. Welcome, Christine. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank show. you. Nice to, nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Christine and I were just talking about the fact that although we've communicated for some time over over the last few years, we've never actually done this, actually talked to each other sort of live on Zoom. So this is this is quite fun. I'm going to be posting the links to uh, your website, christinesnodgrass.com, and also a link to the uh, book as well. So let people know where um, where they can buy the book. And so to my recollection, I first met you. Now, I'm not sure. I don't know if you if you remember this the same. I first remember meeting you when I joined Wave on Facebook. But do you do you, do you think we met earlier than that? Do you remember? I can't remember. It's so funny because like it's hard to remember how I meet anybody that are my yeah. Facebook who are my Facebook friends, um, especially yeah. in our um you know, Islamic and um, Bispo world. And I think, like, I feel like everybody kind of has a basic introduction, at least to the face of somebody or the art of somebody on um, Michael Jacobson's big group, you know? And I feel like there's always something there. But then I go back and think, and like, no, I don't think I saw Amanda on that big group. No. So then where do we meet? And how do we become friends? And I feel like we might have been, like, Facebook friends before, um, the wave, uh, group, but I don't know. And so I'm kind of with you. I mean, I guess we could say, okay, we'll start and we'll just say that the beginning of our relationship was with the wave group that's on it. Facebook. We'll have to make that our origin story. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, that group was such a, it was, it was perfect timing for me. I was so heartened to see all the women in the group and their great work and it just really a strong spirit of sharing and collaboration. I, th- I think I joined the group right, right when it started, like December, 2019. So this is now what is two years since the group. Started? Yeah. We've had our two year anniversary at the beginning of the month yeah. and it seems like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> which is a good thing and in that sense it could be a bad thing but no I think in this case it's a good thing yeah I was I had already started to work on I was already working on Judith women making mm-hmm. video poetry so it was like it was like exactly what I needed I needed to have that group so it was perfect I was looking for women to add to our list of women making visual poetry which is in the book but it, ever growing and um, I chatted with you on a number of occasions to ask your advice as I was as I was working on the book and uh, you've been so helpful friendly and understanding all the way through. So I really appreciated it. Um, it's been necessary, actually. I've really needed to have other people. Like, Joachim has been great, the uh, the publisher from Tim Glass. He's been great, too. We, we He and I became great friends during this process. And I, I've made a lot of friends in the process of anthology making, which you probably can relate to as well with this this anthology in the group. So let's, let's start for, for those uh, who uh, don't uh, know you, and maybe for some of us even who do, how about you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to say. Oh, dear. Well, I, you know, I was just talking to my friend who came over for lunch, and I was just saying, 
you know, we had been talking for a while about this idea of ourselves, you know, we're in our fifties and who we want to be and what life has been like and kind of all those deep things that, that friends talk about. And we had come up with this concept of parts, right? She had talked to me about parts. We have many different parts, right? Um, and I really am kind of going back to that idea right now um, as I get ready to turn 51, which I know is still very young and I'm very, very excited about it. But so when I think about myself, when you're asking me about myself and who I am, I think of myself in terms of parts because I do have many different kind of like hats as a traditional metaphor, right? Um, so I teach, I'm a teacher, I'm a professor um, at a university called Florida A&M University, which is an HBCU. And if you don't know what that is, that's a historically black college or university. Okay. So I've been teaching there for 15 years. Um, and I teach basically the freshman composition and then poetry writing classes. Um, so that's one side of me. The other side of me is I'm also sort of like a poet. Like I don't even know if we're even saying conventional poetry, but we're saying like text on the page poet, right? So I have books of poetry. So I do that. Um, and then I consider myself an artist, right? And then I also do, um, I'm also a co-director of a small independent press here in the U.S. called Anhinga Press. And I've been doing that for about seven years. So I guess if you were going to name me, if we were going to define things, which I'm trying to stay away from, it would be, <laughs> you know, like I'm a poet, I'm an artist, I'm an editor, I'm a publisher, um, I'm a professor. And I also like to think of myself um, as a friend. Like I try really, really, really hard um, to be a friend to people, especially to women and young women, um, especially in um, our art space that we exist in. And I think that was sort of like the idea behind um, the wave group um, is that I saw a lot of, can I go ahead and start talking about this? Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm babbling. And you know how one thing leads into another when you yeah. start thinking and, and my brain races. Um, <laughs> yeah, you and I are very similar in that way. I think we're all really quick and kind of we, I, you and I tend to go to the same things at the same time too, which is really interesting. I think in so many ways we're kindred spirits. Yeah, um, we are. We are, we're very much, and it's just been, it's been um, just a delight just to, to know you for these, we'll say two years. Um <laughs> But like, I, I think about the Asemic group and I'm not going to go into the story of how I came into like Asemic and Bispo and all of that right now anyway, but like seeing what I call the big group, right? Which is um, the new post-literate um, and it's got like a bajillion thousand members and just like seeing the work that was posted um, and seeing the comments on there. And I'm going, where, where are the women, mm -hmm. right? Where, where is the representation? There's got to be more of us out there. Why did it seem so heavy? Why did it seem so, and I'm just going to use this word, man heavy, right? Why did it seem like there were so many um, voices that were, you know, seemed to be in one specific gender um, or one specific um, cultural group? And it kind of made me a little bit mad. And then what I also noticed was, um, as I started making more friends, specifically um, women, women identifying friends, is that they were telling me that they did not feel comfortable posting their stuff on that group. Mm -hmm. And that really hit me. So they felt like they were bullied, right? Or they felt like they couldn't post something, or they felt like this was a big one. Um, 
I don't belong there. My work doesn't fit in. Yeah, right? that's, that's the, I don't belong is such a common thing we, we think, eh? Like, I mean, I can speak for myself, but yeah. Yeah, no, I don't belong or I don't think I fit in. And this idea of like, well, is this just, this can't just be like every woman has a self-esteem issue. There's gotta <laughs> be a larger, like sociocultural, larger, um, reason for why people aren't posting in there, why women were posting in there. And it just, it just kind of made me mad. And I had already made good friends with, um, Nicola Wimborn and Sylvia Van Newton. And, um, I think I had talked to Kim Kiriako, uh, and hope I'm not mispronouncing her name. And so I just thought, where is the women's group? And now there probably was, I know that Kim uh, was doing yeah. the women's um, Islamic, uh exhibit, which was fantastic. And yeah. what was so cool about that was that she was like, there's no editorial decisions yeah. here, right? Also curated, that's very cool. Yeah, I really like that. No gatekeeping whatsoever, right? It's, it's, uh, and it's terrific. That every year I look forward to that, uh, seeing what's up there. Like, sometimes it's twice a year, I think as well, summer and fall, I think sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, and it's just that like anybody could do it, you yeah. know, and, and like you said, self-curating. And, and so I just thought that was amazing. And then I was kind of looking around for other quote unquote women's groups and I just thought, well, let me ask a few people if they just want to start something, because really it could just be a Facebook page. I mean, really, that's all I wanted was a Facebook page where, where women felt like they could be comfortable with each other. Because yeah. I think sometimes when our when we're in our own space, we act differently. We feel a different comfortability level um, than when we're in um, these larger communities. Um, and they're like, OK, cool. So I just really literally did not know what was going to happen and just started um I mean, really a group and we all just kind of started inviting people and that's right. how, that's how it started. And there was one rule, well, there's two rules, right? Like, um, what happens in fight club stays in fight club. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we do not share outside yeah. and, you know, no, no men. Um, and you and I have talked about the idea of sex and gender, um, um, and the definitions of those and what that means, especially in a lot of our conversations um, about people commenting on each of our own work. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was sort of the loosely defined. And so we've just stuck with that and it grew and people invited other people and people had wonderful spirits. I mean, you came along and then it's sort of like when we have these powerhouses and I use that term loosely, but when mm -hmm. we have powerhouses like you and Sylvia who are so good at encouraging and leadership in the community more people want to join and it's a welcoming lovely space that really i think um promotes creativity but promotes women's self of their ideas of self and i can do this i can be a part of this and this is okay yeah no it's been it's been really great and like i i don't really participate in um any other visual poetry, ascemic writing group at all. Like I don't, because every time I go to another one of these groups, I'm sorry, it's just another dude criticizing people. And I just don't like it or saying, well, actually, and mansplaining, I'm sorry. I mean, I have a lot of great friends in those communities of all genders, but uh, those groups just seem to bring out the toxic masculinity. And I just, I just, I, I, I'll, I'll promote stuff. Like if I have a, if I have a call for submissions or something, I'll go and I'll put it there. Or if, 
but I mean, for the most part, I just, I just stay out of them. So I haven't even taken part in really any of those groups, except to use them as a tool of exploitation in the sense of promoting stuff. You know, I just don't, I just don't interact. So the, the wave group is the first group, really the only group as far as visual poetry that I, I bother to take part in. First of all, there's always, there's so many groups anyway. So, and the other thing I, I really dislike about a lot of these, these groups is they're sharing these um, men making collages of using nude women. I know that's a long history, but I can't stand it. I, can't, I mean, I didn't used to think about it in terms of the sort of male gaze stuff, but uh, it really started to bother me. And, uh, you know, and I would be, I would spend my time just reporting these dudes all the time. So, you know, I'm just better away from that. And, and if someone finds value in those groups, that's great because there's a lot of great work in there, but I think it gets, it gets ruined by, by that kind of um, type of work. And, uh, but I have to say, anytime I've reported it and I've talked to the group admins, they've always been great. Like there was a, yes, we'll, we won't, you know, we don't put up with that. So it's, it's not necessary. It's not, it's the way groups evolve, right? You can't always control that, but WAVE is a really good group. By the way, what does the E stand for? It's oh my God. So I needed like, <laughs> I was like, okay, let's put it. So it's women as scenic artists and visual poets. And the E is like, I guess from poets. <laughs> So that's why it's lowercase because it's not the first letter. This is this is how my brain works. So I, it's not like a Canadian thing because it could be like a, you know, like what's like Canadians we say a. <laughs> a, a, a. I don't know. It just came out, and I was like, whatever. And you know, I wasn't thinking it was going to be any, you know, like maybe twenty or fifty of us. When we got up to fifty members, I was like, oh my god, this is so cool! Like, wow, wow. we're so fun and cool, you know. Well, now um, it's, when I checked last, it was at 350 at the beginning of December. So like, wow, it's really grown. And by the sounds of things, it's mostly just grown by word of mouth and, and sort of. Yeah, I don't promote it at all. If there's somebody in the big group um, that's not in it that I'll see, I'll, you know, I'll say, hey, come on over. You know, I don't mind doing that. Or, you know, I always tell. You know, all of you all invite whoever you want. Um, yeah, we, we can invite. But it's not, it's not like a big promoted, you know, we don't promote it or anything. And and I love that idea of this sort of organic growth yeah. and that we're all doing it together. You know, yeah. that's how we work. We should be working as a community, as a collective um, and as a collaborative group. And I, and I, and I, I couldn't really ask for anything more with it. So um, I'm very excited. I do want to get back to something that you're saying though. Um is that the idea of, because <laughs> you and I have talked about this too, is the idea of um, the men kind of consistently doing the collages of the women's body, naked body parts. Yeah. Um, and it does keep coming up. And what's curious to me, um, and then I, it, and then that maybe leads into like my own work and the past some of the, um, the quote unquote glitching that I do, which is glitching has become a bad word now, but um, <laughs> okay, good. So use it more than. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am curious, and I'm I'm serious about this, and and maybe somebody who's listening can like message me and tell me more about this. But the idea of collage is so cool and so wonderful. Um, and I know that there's this great history of using women's bodies and looking at them in the male gaze, and then working against that, um, which is something that I hope that I do, but. My question is, if somebody has been acclaimed, right, and um, promoted for um, collages where they're using pictures of naked women, and they do this, right, over and over again, and there's no growth, there's no um, transformation, there's no 
almost thought that drives it into a new space. My question is, what's the point and how is that art? And people are going to get pissed off at me. (laughs) And that's okay, because I don't mind if people get mad at me. But um, this is my question. You're doing it again and again. Cool, right? Let's think about what the transformation is, right? Let's think about what the philosophical value is. Let's think about um, how we could grow into another space. Let's think about how we can bring people in, right? These are all my thoughts of art and how art should work. Um, and so that part for me, for those collage pieces that we're talking about that I see out there in our world is confusing, right? Just thinking wise, that's confusing. Um, feeling wise, you know, it's sort of like, oh, that kind of hits me in a weird way. Um, but I tend to think more than I feel. And so that is like one of my major questions with that is why are we continuing to do the same thing over and over and over again without any change or transformation? Um, and I think that's something that um, we need to look at um, in our larger art spaces, especially in the visual poetry and aesthetic um, realms. And I'm hoping that with Judith, right? Which is a totally amazing thing. I want to say congratulations. Um, and I know it was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work, um, but it's just a, a brilliant, brilliant, a brilliant project. And um, we're all so lucky to have that. But I think that stuff like that, stuff, stuff like that, like that you're doing um, is really helping to promote thought and consideration on those kinds of things questions that I'm asking. Um, and I would like to see more of that. (laughs) Well, and I, and, and, you know, people have said this and people say this behind the scenes. Sometimes people say it, you know, in their writings that they're posting, but women are moving, you know, our world forward. Um, (laughs) and there's so many things to consider in that statement is forward. Yes. Number one, where are we going? Why are we going there? What does it mean? How are we changing? Do we need to change? How does everything affect how we change? Um, and women, how have we treated them in the past? What is their art been? How has their art been promoted? How can we promote it more? And then how can new people look at it and appreciate it and say, wow, this is really worth something. Um, so that's where I go. That's where I go with all of that. And, 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 and I love that the, the wave gallery also addresses that in that, you know, just like in Judith, we have, you know, 30, over 30 voices actually writing on all of this, yeah. right? Yeah, the writing is really great. I really enjoyed reading, like, um, yeah, like you have six sections in the book, and then there's Cheryl Penn's really interesting essay at the back, which talks about the foundations of uh, uh, basically aesthetic writing from before, sort of, um, you know, and, and that was that was interesting, too. And then you have these book editors for each section, which is really good. And so what made you decide on that structure? Oh, I have to How say the editors is the other part, I guess. In the okay, so 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 much is Terry Wittick. God, I hope she doesn't get mad at me for constantly mentioning her name. Um <laughs> but I've known Terry for a little bit longer than I, I've known everybody else in the um in the Florida poetry, uh written poetry world. I, I've known her. Um and she's kind of been getting on um me and Jay um to you know do some kind of um book like whatever it is like some kind of book about asemics or 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 visual poetry or something like that experimental poetry for years and years and years and so 
when I don't know how this came about, but we may have started talking and this whole six editors idea was really hers. I mean, it's just a brilliant concept because it, it means that there's no one person. And what it also does is it sets it up to be a serial project. So I did choose the six editors. Um, and I will admit that I am a fan of Italian women. <laughs> and so I, there were two Italian editors um, in there um, that I chose. And then the other ones were just people that I felt sort of like I talk about this, like an organic, energetic connection to. Um, and then, you know, we just said, do a theme that you want and then write about it and choose six people. So it was six editors, six people. Um, and um, originally I wasn't going to be an editor. I didn't want to do that. Um, but one of the editors had to drop out. So it was last minute. So I was like, okay, let me go in and see if, if I know anything about anything, which I don't, it's probably collaboration. So that's, that's what I tried to do. So it ended up being more than 36 people. Um, so that's how it happened. A lot of it was Terry. Um, and then what was really cool too, is that the editors made a lot of the decisions. So I would go to them and be like, Know, what do you think about the cover or um how do you think we should do the writing or how many words do you think we should you know tell everybody to get it down yeah. to and everybody did not i'm embarrassed <laughs> my bio in the book is ridiculously long that should have been edited like come on i take up like a whole column it's ridiculous man <laughs> well so i'm a terrible terrible editor because i believe that the things that people say send are the things that people want to say so I have a really hard and, it, and it's actually bad as a publisher and an editor because I have a really hard time telling people to change things because um, I believe that that they made them for a reason so um, yeah so there were a lot of people who went over the word count and we were like okay that's fine because that's what they need to say and I wanted to I give think, people I, I think I didn't go over the word count but the word count I was given was huge so I, I just oh, was it? yeah so I just took it like if, if you if, if this is what I do if I'm told I have x number of words that's how many words I put in like exactly that number. That's, that's exactly, but you look at that bio and it's crazy long. <laughs> like, it's I'm, awesome. Anyway, I was kind of embarrassed when I saw how long my bio was. I was like, oh, no, 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 goodness. no, please don't be embarrassed. It's amazing. <laughs> please, please, please don't be embarrassed at all. Mm -hmm. I, I love the cover. Um, uh, Carrie Pulo, is that, you pronounce it? Pulo? Carrie Pulo, yeah. I love her. I love that cover. It's really gorgeous. Um, she, she's, uh, she's got some work in Judith as well. So yeah, I, I, I really do. Do you think, uh, I know it's like uh, something that um, I've never really done, but a lot of people do is differentiate between ischemic writing and visual poetry. For me, it's, it's a, ischemic writing is a type of visual poetry, but I guess not everyone feels that way. So I also think that it, the book highlights ischemic artists uh, quite a bit, which is great and needs to be done. So I like, but do you think there's a, do you see ischemic writing as, I don't know, this is kind of a, one of those definitions questions which is kind of dumb but um what do you feel about ascemic writing and is, is is it part of is it part of visual poetry is it separate or is it both is it neither <laughs> definition questions are not dumb they're really important um and i refer to them as two separate things like i'll say okay ascemic writing and visual poetry but I think they're all the same thing and under the same realm. I really do. I think we're all in there together. But I think that definition-wise, they are now still considered separate groups. Um, and I think that people identify themselves, you know, someone might identify themselves as an ischemic or a semic writer, 
um, and someone might identify themselves as a visual poet. Um, but I feel like the more we think about it and the more we talk about it um, and the more that's written about it and um, what you've done with Judith is that we can see that it does all obviously fall under um, visual poetry. Um, so I do, yeah, I, I see them as different probably because that's how other people see them and then that's how they're represented. I was thinking about um, your your work, your your glitch work, and your asemic or asemic. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think there should be one of those songs: asemic, asemic, polemic, polemic. You know, let's call the whole thing off or whatever. But anyway, what about your work? What about uh, how did you start getting into that writing? So I, I don't know. This is a really good question. I, it's off the cuff now, so we're <laughs> we're off um, the cuff. I think that I learned about the community um, through Jay. Um, and then he left the community for a while. And then um, I went kind of, I don't know how I started. I just started doing it. And probably what I started doing was what I thought was a semi-calligraphy or I say calligraphy. Um, so I think that's how I started. And I just was like, okay, let me share some of my stuff on the big group. Cause I had been in that group for a while. Um, now how the digital work began, I have, absolutely no idea <laughs> I was like somehow I got a glitch app and I just started doing stuff and so that that um I don't know how that happened and I I that really is well was I think I'm moving into a different phase digitally um but that was um just this sort of like whirlwind of of life for me because my art is my life. And so I, you know, I was very caught up um, in the glitching and all of those, those projects that I was doing. Um, and that totally doesn't even answer the question that you asked, but that's where my mind went. <laughs> I, I don't know if it matters. I, I can never even necessarily remember what I've With me, um, I didn't, I didn't do much of that. I tried first to do uh, some ascemic writing digitally because most of my visual poems were, were most of the work I did for years was, was all, um, digital, like using Photoshop and stuff like that. That's how I started. That's where I began. I never even heard of visual poetry until like 2005 or so. So, you know, wow. and, uh, so what happened is a few years ago there, there were some troubles I was having in, in, um, uh, some, some issues. And I started to have trouble. I, I've always, I've always journaled. I've always written all my thoughts down in, um, all the time. And so a few years ago, I, I wanted to do that, but I was having trouble expressing myself in conventional language. And I started to make little symbols. And I'd been, I'd seen lots of ascemic writing and I hadn't really, I always sort of liked the way it looked, but I never really felt I, I never really understood that there may be a connection there between emotion and between other things and between, you know, and even a, a communicative element as well. So I started to do this and wow, it was so cathartic. And since then, I found it comes in really handy all the time to just just sit down and just kind of start doodling these little symbols and strange little marks. It's mark making. It's my private language, but it's also a way of communicating. And, and then I've started to use it in bigger projects and stuff, too. So I'm only I've really, really started to work ascemically or you know for the last few years but and now it makes it helps me to look at other people's work differently as well and so I I, I yeah that whole idea of ascemic as as being um 
as not having meaning has always sort of, I wondered about that one and I get, I can see and, and in the book, uh, uh, Cheryl talks about that too. Um, I, and others do too. I, I, I yeah, I, that's not true. <laughs> it's just, it, it's not a, a conventional, uh, it, it's not the type of meaning that uh, convention ascribes. It's not a, like a language sh- necessarily shared um, you know, but it's, it's well, and it's interesting because that term has really um, evolved into there's now pansemic and polysemic yeah. and absemic, which I love. Adal has coined that term, which I love, absemic, which is sort of like abstract. Um, That's great. And so, and then post asemic, right? What is that? Um, and so it has really, that term has really evolved, and people are starting to look at it and saying, how can something not have meaning? Um, and so I love that there's a lot of conversation going on about that currently um, with the semic writing. I think it's cool because, you know, I had um, briefly was in a graduate program. I left it, um, but um, I took some calligraphy classes with um a professor of old English. And so it was the most interesting thing for me to see, um, you know, the different years and the different styles of calligraphy. And we would actually like practice, you know, the different styles and types. Um, And with that, I think when you're practicing it, right, you're trying, you're focusing on how can I get this to look the way it's supposed to look? It's all about how it looks. So it's about your hand, you know, the physicality of your hand, your hand making the appropriate movement, connecting with the pen, turning the pen the right way, um, and just looking how it looks, right? You're not concentrating on meaning, especially when you're learning to do it. So when you're coming in from another space where you're not so familiar with another language, we are looking visually at that. But there is something that is halted, you know, the eye is halted in terms of what the meaning is. But that doesn't mean that I'm not applying meaning or or that there isn't a reader there, right? And also this this term reader is um, um, being debated as well now. You know, are you a reader of the Semit calligraphy? But I think that the idea of, you know, the reader bringing into a meaning, bringing meaning into it is also collaborative. And so, you know, there isn't, can't, in my mind, really be um, an asemic that lacks meaning altogether. Right. Uh, and people will probably get mad about that too. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's it. Everybody has their different ideas and, and that's cool too. So. But that's why it's so good because it holds a lot of, like, just like visual poetry in general, like it holds a lot of possibility for play and interpretation. And with that, you get variety, right? When you have, mm-hmm. you have really prescribed rules, mm-hmm. the only way to get variety is to break out of the rules, I think. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I really appreciate that. Do you, do you, do you think there's, well, I don't know this, now I, I'm rethinking this question, but do you think there's an increase in acemic writing by women or do you think we're just learning more like with Judith, it's, one of the points was that there are plenty of women making visual poetry. It's just that we don't necessarily know about them because they're not in anthologies and, and stuff like that. Do you think there's more, do you think there's a rise in women making or doing acemic writing? Or do you think uh, we're, we're sort of, we're learning more about it as we sort of give them spaces like wave Facebook group in the book to, uh, to share their work? Yeah, that's such an awesome question. I think for me, it's both. 
right? Uh, so I think that, um, you know, I kind of get the sense of the feeling that women are looking at and saying, oh, I can do that. This looks kind of cool, you yeah. know, and and the more we see things grow and become, you know, a, a pseudo movement or a semi movement, the more we are apt to want to join into that group and that movement too, right? Artistically um, and creatively, creatively. Um, and so I see more people kind of trying it out, but I think you're right. I think, and I love that you did this was making this list of all of these women who consider themselves visual poets, women, maybe you're feeling more comfortable saying, wait, I do this. I didn't know it was called anything. I didn't know other people did it. This is really cool. Let's talk about it. You know? Yeah. I, I had, uh, since, since the book came out, I've had quite a few messages from women. Um, recently a, a woman in Australia who was doing like textile work. Um, she got the book and, and she sort of, she's always combined text and textiles. And she said, Hey, I didn't realize that this could be visual poetry. And then what happened there is that led her, well, there's an, an essay in, or an interview in the book with other, um, other women combining craft and, and, and visual poetry, like, uh, like Paula Dam, for instance, craft and word. yeah, great work. And she's, she's in, in the wave anthology too. So, yeah. So, um, she said, so now it's sort of opened up her practice to, you know, looking at others. And so, I mean, this is it, the more we learn, the better, I just find it, it's just so inspiring. Like I learned, for instance, about, um, in the section of like all the different sections, like Chinzia Farina's section, writing and silences section, which I just love. And I love her description too, of silence. Um, Antonella Kutsokrea, uh, her pieces were so interesting. And she has a note about having Maria Elias as a teacher as a child. That was just, that was phenomenally interesting. Like, that was so cool. Uh, I really found that interesting. Like, imagine having Maria Lai as your teacher, you know, when you're a kid. Like, that would be, that sort of blew my mind. I was pretty, and then I, I saw, too, a, a new work for me was Kavitha Blackakrishnan's Matchbox poems in the Infinity section, which was just... Mm -hmm. Were there were there for you new like work that uh, new um, had you seen all those all the women's work before like or were you no no so much of people? it was new and yeah, that was yeah. the joy the joy just to see the work and then um, to read the writing and then to see it come together is one thing but no so much of it was new like I knew like um, Donna and yeah. you and Carrie and Nicola and Sylvia and um, but you know, so, so, so much of it is new and just so enlightening. And I, and, and I love the idea that you touched on this is there is, and, and, and this is, um, obviously sort of a thematic over the Judith book is our genealogy, right? Our yes. genealogy yeah. as women artists, right. And how that's important too. And we need to understand where we fit in that, um, and what we learn from them and then what we can give to other people in the future. Um, but I love that you talked about that, but no, so many amazing things that I had never seen before. It really is. My, and also, I, I have to say the design of the book is quite lovely. Like it's a really beautiful design. I love how big, like there's really space for everyone's work in there. Like it's just, it's just an example of, of how to, how to do an, a good uh, visual poetry um, book, you know, cause it's so hard to do that. Like it's just, it's it's really difficult to uh, to do that because you get you get pieces of different sizes and resolutions and digital doesn't translate that well into print and there's all kinds of issues that come up so so kudos that's a it's a beautiful design as well, well. I'm glad that I you know I'm glad that you said that because it was so stressful and that's all Jay Jay um, Snodgrass did the design 
for it. And what he did was he's like, okay, let me, I, he looked at art books. He looked at um, the last Visco anthology. Yeah. Right. Um, and of course, I mean, this is almost two years ago or a year and a half ago that we started doing this. So it was before um, Judith came out, but those were the big ones. It's his uh, art books. And then, um, you know, what um, the last Visco anthology had done. And so the size, you know, and I had done some books that were that size and I, you know, I think the big size is nice. Yeah, it is. Um, I really, really do. And um, so I, th I think it turned out really well too, but it, it, it was difficult. And, um, you know, it was, it was a, a job, a not a chore, a, a love, but it, it was, it was difficult to get it um, the way that it looks. So that, that's all Jay. And um, of course I thank him for all of that. Yeah, it's great. And your section, um, the whole book is collaboration and, and even wave the um, Facebook group as well. But you have, we talked about you have a section specifically on collaboration. Can you talk about the thrill of collaborating in general with women and, and the work in here as well? Like what you... So I like to say that I was raised on collaboration and this is in sort of um, the written poetry on the page world. Um, but... I worked with um, Maureen Seaton and Denise Duhamel in like the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, and so I learned collaboration because that's sort of their thing and what they do. Um, and they had collaborated a lot. Um, and I learned that it is a real personal, honest energy um, that people share and that amazing kind of magic. It, it's very magical. Magic can come out of it. Um, and so I collaborated with Maureen and then my other uh, collaborative partner, Neil Villaflor, on um, several poems. And, and we have a book, um, Two Thieves and a Liar. Um, and just the experience of collaborating is just, it's magical. Like I said before, I don't know any other word to describe it. And what I think happens with collaboration is, and I think if it um, works well, I won't say good, but if it works well, you don't have, you have two people collaborating that are individuals. You don't have one individual A voice. You don't have one individual B voice. What happens yeah. is there's a spring of a new yeah. sound. Yeah. It really is a new space, a new sound. Um, and it's so transformative. And it's funny because we would do readings, right? And we would say, okay, let's, how are we going to read this? And we would just do like one stanza. I would do a stanza. She would do a stanza. Because what happens is we're like, did I write like that line? Did you write that line? You know, we yeah. couldn't remember who wrote it because there was such a merging. Um, and then so what's cool about the visual poetry world is that people love to collaborate. And so I was just, I just have always felt really at home in collaboration. And so that had always been fun to me, um, you know, finding people who love to collaborate in the visual poetry world. So it just kind of, like I said, it's something that I feel like I know deep in myself about collaboration. So that felt like the one thing that I could actually um, do a section on. And the the people, the pieces that I chose um, were people, I think that what I was drawn to in the pieces that I chose was, like I said, the energy between the people um, who were doing the work. Um, and so all of those, and then also people who I had watched grow and collaborate um, 
in many ways. So it was really very intuitive for me um, choosing the pieces in there. But I do think that they all are different. And I think that they all represent that concept I was talking about of sensational energy, right? Or this magic. Um, And when you look at them, when people look at that, when they read that, um, or when they view that, I want them to have that same feeling, you know, and to understand upon looking or upon someone's writing about collaboration, what it can do. Because I think, I think that it's just a wonderful, amazing thing. And so much of my, my work has been um, collaborative. I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at uh, page 82, which is your collaboration with Love Dallas. And uh, oh, yeah. I love these pieces. They're, they're, first of all, I love the tactile quality of the paint and the little acemic uh, bits. It's a, it's a good, uh, it's a really cool uh, thing. How did, so how did that start? Like what, who started it? Like, did you, did you like, did one of you start it with something and then the other one, like, I, I'm sort of interested in the process of, especially with visual poetry. I did um, a collaboration, a collaborative chapbook with Gary Barwin that we published through Angel House Press, Bone Sapling. And it was really fun. And I, 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 what I learned is I learned some of the things that Gary does for his visual poetry. And, and so he likes how, I mean, not that he, he does different things every, every minute, like the guy is always changing and doing all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh, but this was really fun. And we were both really fast. We had that in common that we were both extremely fast. So that was really fun in the momentum. And yes, yeah, sometimes the pieces, it was starting to get difficult. I did another a, a, a poetry collaboration with a dear friend of mine, Sandra Ridley, and we did something called Eve, a mere roar. And we actually read it together and we, we made up a, a, a joint bio called Samandra Eardley, I think it was, or something. And we read it at a local read, a tree reading series. And um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and, but it was true in the process of doing that, there was a new voice that was established that we, even we at certain points, couldn't tell who had written what. Yeah. So I'm really interested to know the process of this. So talk talk about the process of this piece, of of this piece that's in the book page that's on. I think that um, this was when uh, Leva was the cat queen. It was probably about, I don't even know how long ago, maybe a year or two years ago. It must've been more than two years ago. Um, And I don't know. We just kind of became friends and, um, we started mailing each other stuff, you know, in that spirit of mail artists, people just start mailing each other stuff. Um, and I don't even know what happened. I have been doing these little blobs, these acrylic paint blobs that I call the, um, you know, the presses, they're sort of like you press paint together. And what I love doing that. Yeah. What, what comes apart is always its own uh, shape or pattern. It's like, you know, that, the viscosity of it makes a beautiful uh, natural and it's a natural shape too. It always is nice to add, uh, especially to something uh, a plastic like acrylic paint. So there's a nice uh, mon- bonding or merging there. So I've been doing these and that's sort of where I was in my space. So I mailed her some and I guess she just decided to work with it. And what I found out in visual poetry is you guys say, are we now, and now I'm part of that. I don't know starter so you know visual poetry say oh i'm going to send you a starter or maybe that's a mail art thing i don't know where it comes yeah, it might from. be a mail art thing i've never heard it so that's that's starter cool. so starter. i was like oh starter sounds so like a sourdough starter. sounds like sourdough bread isn't that what they say <laughs> sourdough bread a starter i guess you do a starter and that kind of this. makes doesn't it make sense though yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You, it's like a base to start with, and then the per, and then in response, someone can then um, 
do something with it on top or whatever, or, or I don't know, like, I mean, I guess you have to even come up with sort of um, any rules, like, for instance, would either would, I guess, what if, for instance, what if uh, Lava had taken your piece and cut it up into pieces and, you know, combine, like, I, how, is that okay? Like, you know, that's the question, right? I mean, I would be fine, I'd be fine with it, but I mean, not everybody would, right? Like, actually, I'd love to do this. I haven't done this, and I would love to, because I've barely gotten into mail art. I've, I've been lucky. I've, I've, I've done Nicola Winborn's uh her uh, in, uh, international, um, uh, well, the the, the attic, the attic, attic scene, but the international book of color, and then she did the uh, the international book of whimsy. The first one was my, um, yes. was, yeah, that was that was really fun. Was uh, from Upper Zygonia. That was also quite yeah, that was a collaborative project, yeah. right? It was mm-hmm. based on my sort of idea, and then and then in the in the wave, my my welcome to Upper Zygonia, which is a, a series of uh, poems and visual poems and collaborative. Yes ascemic writing and stuff that's now something like 90 pages or something like that but anyways with the group I started sharing my sharing my little ascemic characters and stuff like that and um, people started to get interested and then they wanted to I think I had dresses and things like that that were like my sort of weirdly drawn people <laughs> so but anyway people start women started to do their own and they were like is it okay if I, I was like yes do anything you want this is like let's just if I can, my own view of collaboration is that if I have an idea and I always have like about a thousand ideas a minute, like right now, even I have 50 more while we're talking, you know, so me too, me too. Yeah. It's the way our brains work. Right. So if anything I do inspires any kind of creation or exploration, if it like, I just, so my stuff is always available for play or do whatever. So I just, if I say one word and it, and go like, do whatever you want to, I, I don't feel any own, sense of ownership or anything. I'm, I'm not too worried about that. I'm, I don't have to worry about that in my, in my creative work. I just want, I just want it to be out there. And, and if it inspires, that's great. So, so yeah, that was really wonderful. And we did this, uh, Nic- Nicola did this wonderful, uh, what it was a five edition. She hand sewed it and it, it was, it was just a beautiful, little thing to get in the mail and yeah I, so that was my my big experience with mail art and I haven't really done much but I'd love to do more of that um, I'd love to collaborate and I make I do all kinds of things with paint too um, acrylic water paint I'm always watercolors I'm always playing with because I have a color thing too so like you yeah. actually have a color thing so that's that's great another another collaboration I'm looking uh, with yours is Carla Van I don't know how to pronounce Please. it Vliet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I love her work too, and I love the the combination of it. <clears throat> so, how did that work? Was it another male art type to start a starter? Carla, I know from the um, written poetry community as well, um, and so I had always followed her stuff. Um, I think she is like, if I were ever gonna say, who are some of the people that you see are really taking our work forward. I would say Carla is one of my, um, you know, top several women who I think is really um, doing a lot of cool work and kind of moving forward uh, in our space. And so I literally, she probably mailed me some. And then, um, I don't know, I might've said, cause this is, I'll do this too. So maybe I've done this with you, I don't know. I'll like message people and be like, do you want to collaborate? <laughs> you have not. You have not done and, Okay, well, we will now. Okay. Um, because I, I call myself a collaboration slut. So I'll, I'll randomly Perfect. message people I'm and be like, hey, do you want to so do, you know, anything really. So <laughs> yes. And, and okay, so you and I will collaborate. We'll, we'll talk after this. 
we'll get started. And and so I probably said, oh, do you want to collaborate? And so she sent me some stuff. And then I think I just did some inky things, um, just ink drips on it. Um, and and they turned out so amazing. And the color is gorgeous. The orange she was blue. The orange, yeah. And she was so generous because look at her pieces. I mean, and and she was just so generous in um, letting me... Uh, uh, mess with them and put stuff on them. And, um, but I, I, I really enjoyed how they came out and I think that they did transform. Um, <clears throat> and I think that they are, uh, individual pieces now. Um, like there's some places where you could say, okay, maybe that is kind of Christine's calligraphy, but then there's some places to say, well, how, was that ink there or was it not there in the beginning? Um, but I just, I, I absolutely adore her and, um, Anne Hinga Press, I'm the co-director of the independent, uh, poetry press has been publishing, uh, poetry in the U S for 45 years now. Um, <clears throat> you know, we put, we just published her semi book, which is a really cool thing for, uh, you know, sort of a text on the page press that's 45 years old to kind of go yeah. into the visual poetry world. So I'm super proud of that, but. Yeah, she is. I mean, I could just go on and on and on about Carla, just a, a dear friend, and I and I and I do love her. And so that certainly probably shows through, um, also in um, in um, the collaborations. Well, the whole book really is a testimony to friendship, isn't it? And and this is this is what I love. Like, I have found um, this group in particular has really made me feel stronger and able to sort of, and also just willing to sort of bounce creative ideas off. And I, I mean, it's really important. I'm really glad the book came out, and, and I'm really glad that we have Judith and and the, the Global Gallery coming out. So that 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 makes me happy to see uh, all of these uh, books about uh, women making uh, scenic writing and visual poetry and stuff like that. Um, is there, I'm going to, I'm going to read the, my note of praise about the book in a few minutes, even though I'm in it, I, I still allowed to write, to say a note of, so, but is there anything else you'd like to discuss before we, uh, before I do that? Well, I, I mean, I feel like I could talk about this and I could talk to you forever. And so, um, I, <laughs> I'm really excited about now we're going to collaborate. So now I'm really, really like just thinking about, okay, cool. What are we going to do? Are we going to do digital? Or are we going to do analog? So that's what's in my head. But um, this has just been uh, just fantastic talking talking to you, and um, I wish we could just talk all day and like have a cup of tea and yeah, and some I, I finished my tea now. But <laughs> <laughs> the last of my Lapsang Sushong tea, I now have to order some more at some point. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I would love to do that too. This is why distance is such a pain in some ways. But uh, I know, yeah, and I don't I don't <clears throat> fly. I'm not someone who flies. Like I never, I haven't taken a plane since my wedding in BC in 2002 so I, I don't get on planes but I, there's a lot of people in the UK and in the states and in Europe that I just like to gather together and like hang out with like maybe one day when this whole well what if I came to visit there I mean I could stay in a hotel I would love to visit <laughs> well there you go you're, you're once once all this stuff is over uh we'll, we'll definitely have to have to set that sort of thing up for sure okay cool Good. once we're able to like see people in person again I feel like a bot or something oh right, here's my here's my note of praise about about the book so wave global gallery is a much needed anthology that adds to the conversation of women making visual po poetry that should have been happening all along 
From Mirella Bentivoglio's oh, there's from Mirella Bentivoglio's need to find and connect women artists and visual poets to my own attempts at curation with Judith Women Making Visual Poetry to Women in Concrete Poetry 1959 to 1979, published last year by Primer Information to compensate for the republication of Emmett Williams' dreadful anthology of concrete with its ridiculous yes. role representation of women of the era. We can see evidence of the strength, joy, creativity, versatility, and power of the work made by women. Christine Snodgrass and her collective of editors have demonstrated in Wave Global Gallery the power of connection, collaboration, and friendship. The contributors in the book have talked about their work and its connections to other women. Their work has threads of connection with fellow creators, the body, nature, flow, color, hybridity, ephemerality, which is a hard word to pronounce, science, society, disobedience, and activism, and more. While, while astonishingly man-heavy visual poetry anthologies continue to, be, continue to be published and male visual poets and editors persist in promoting and pandering to one another, we are seeing a rise in work being published by women. It's interesting, creative, compassionate, and celebratory. Wave Global Gallery is an important contribution and will help to empower women to make visual poetry now and in the future. It's amazing how beautiful and strong work made out of love can be. We need more books and movements like this. That's what I've written about the great way. Oh my God, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful, wonderful. And, and to have words from you, um, it just means so much. I see you as just such a wonderful leader and and, <clears throat> and I think our community is so lucky to have you. And um, thank you so much for always being supportive of me, but of everybody else. And Amanda, if you aren't our fighter, I mean, I know that I can talk to you anytime and complain. You'll be like, okay, we're going to do this. And I know you fight for me. I know I know that in my heart and um, yeah. for everybody else. So thank you so yeah, much. Thanks. Well, I mean, it, it, you need, you need uh, p good people around you to be able to be strong. I mean, I get pretty, it's hard sometimes. I get the occasional scoldy message or email from a dude and, you know, I have to like ignore it instead of wanting to shoot my mouth off and say things and, or, you know, whatever, but um, it's hard. I mean, uh, but it, I mean, the good thing is that we, we're, if there's a lot of really supportive people of what we do. Uh, and um, also that we, the contributors are so great and, and the editors and stuff like that. So we can do more. Are you, are you thinking of doing more um, books in the series? You mentioned that it could be a series. You could maybe have, would you do new editors? And uh, I would love to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm still, um, <laughs> processing and resting from this as you know <laughs> yeah it can be a, a tiring uh time-consuming project um of course that I loved but I would I am thinking about who the next editors are and what sections I would want and um you know so maybe in another year or two um you know I'll pull that together and of course in another year or two things will have changed um but I would love to see a um you know a digital section uh I don't even want to be in it or edit it, but I would love to see that in terms of, um, you know, what people are doing, uh, glitching and distortion uh, and, and digital stuff and phone apps. Um, and then um, I would love to see another uh, section on textiles. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, um, and so those are things that I have been thinking and I've been thinking about. Um, I think a lot about the women who, we're not included in, yeah. in this. Same yeah. with Judith. Like, yeah, that's hard. I think about that on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think that the book feels like, I think that it's a thing that doesn't feel like things are missing, but I feel like there's just not enough space for me to get 
all the people that I see that I think are really important and need a voice into. Yeah. So I think that it's probably destined. Yes. Final answer. Yes. It's destined to be a serial project. We just have to raise all that money. <laughs> and, and with that, with that uh, in mind, like uh, I, we will be sharing the um, the link, but it's based, it, it, the the book is uh, published by Hysterical Books, and the mm-hmm. website is hystericalbooks.com, and, and you can find it there. I'll I'll share the exact link. You should buy the book, folks, because it's really great. And uh, can I say one more thing before I go? Of course. Okay, so um, this is something that I also think about a lot: is that. Um, I consider myself like, especially for the book and for other things, like even for the, um, the group, like kind of more of like, I don't know how to define it, but more of like as administrative assistant. So I feel like that I can be annoying and pushy enough to try to make things happen. Um, and so I just want to, um, because I know people are going to be listening to this and, and I hope that a lot of women will listen to this. There are things that I can do and that I want to do. And so if I, if you are a woman in the visual poetry world in that realm, however big or small or, or what you think that is defined, if, if I have not shared your work or published you or talked about you or um, supported you or messaged you, please message me and let me know. And I will do that. I will do whatever I can to do that for you. That's in my power um, because I feel like I do have some outlets um, where I can, you know, hopefully um, um, get more voices out there. So, and, and I'm serious. If you know me, you know, I'm serious. So yeah, yeah. Um, I just want, uh, you know, women out there uh, and, it, and even if you just want to chat with me and say, hi, that's cool too. Um, but I, you know, I, I really want to um, let people know that, that I, I do try to um, um, push for the women. So that's all <laughs> that's a, that's a great way that's a great way to uh, to end the episode thank you to christine snodgrass for being on the show to charles Orr for processing the episode to jennifer peterson for help with the intro and outro and to all of you for listening and sharing the small machine talks stay tuned for our final episode of 2021 a conversation with local filmmaker jennifer mulligan about the poetics of film And 2022 is going to be a celebration of small presses and reading series in North America, UK, and USA. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for listening to The Small Machine Talks. The Small Machine Talks.